0: Hey there, Video Insiders. This is Carlos and Tom. We're back for another podcast. Tom, you're back from VidCon, London. Hello.
1: Yes, uh, I wouldn't say I was back. I never really left. It's in my hometown, which is really cool. Just a short tube journey away, but uh, yeah, back in office, shall we say, and following up with all of the cool people that I met at VidCon, um, Top top tip there. Make sure if you meet anyone cool that you follow up as soon as you can when you get back. But we'll we'll be sharing more of our conferencing tips uh, later in the episode. How was your week, Carlos?
0: Uh, my week was busy, but not as busy as this week's going to be. I'm actually jumping on another podcast right after this, and planning our first guest podcast mid this week, and it will be a solo cat because you're not around. But you might notice for our regular listeners, we're switching things up in terms of the intro. I thought it would be a good idea to not always bombard everybody with like how awesome we are and just say, hey, you're getting to know us. And if you want to know who we are, check us out on videoinsiders.fm or listen to some of our older podcasts where we do say, you know, how awesome we are, and how many billions of views we've done over the last many years. Tom... Who is supporting our podcast this week?
1: As always, we have to start with a massive thank you for our great friends over at TubeBuddy.
0: TubeBuddy gives you the tools to boost subscribers, views, and engagement. I love TubeBuddy's copy-paste feature, the ability to mass update all your videos in one fell swoop is my go-to tool for TubeBuddy.
1: And if you are not using TubeBuddy yet, one, are you crazy? Two, you need to get on it and you can do that and get a unique discount by visiting www videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy.
0: We'll also put the link to this in our show notes. Tom, what are we talking about this week? Well, since I've just, quote
1: unquote, got back from VidCon, I thought it'd be really good to talk about VidCon, VidCon London, but generally about video conferences and how useful they are or not, you know, in the run up. Um, I was helping to promote the event as much as possible and I was getting a lot of emails and I get emails about a lot of events saying, do you think it's worth coming? Should I get a ticket? Um, So I thought it'd be good for us to break down what goes down at these events for people that have never attended one before, um, which ones we think are slightly better value for money and what's changed over the last few years in terms of these video events.
0: Yes, I will always appreciate BitCon. I've only been once to the Anaheim, the OG location, but I was going to say I always appreciate it because that was the first time that we met.
1: It was indeed. I was thinking about it today. We were both trying to speak to Jeremy Vest at exactly the same time and realized that um, we knew each other. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, anyway, we were fangirling on that journey. <laughs>
1: yeah, and if you listen to this, Jeremy, we love you still. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, for me VidCon was as somebody who, you know, had been working on YouTube for many years, I was sort of like always like in awe of of that conference and I wanted to go. I have to admit that, you know, it was a little bit, you know, overwhelming at the time because, you know, like I was seeing all these people that I was following and, you know, being inspired from that were, you know, in a way teaching me how to build strategies for YouTube by looking at these creators. You know, I just ended up being completely overwhelmed. All all my senses were overwhelmed that time I went. I haven't gone in in three years at this point. And I think it's gotten crazier in terms of like volume and amount of people there. When was the last time you went to the Anaheim one?
1: The Anaheim one was probably two years ago so i think i went the a year since you went um i've been a couple of times again like you it's just mind-blowing how big it is uh how much noise and how much activity is going on great location right next to disneyland um really cool venue uh, great how there's lots of activities going on outside and for me as well sunshine which is which is always good for a business trip if I can get some sunshine that's always great um but yeah I've been twice um once my first time I was actually speaking on a panel second time not despite trying my best and but both of those times I was working for BBC studios at the time so I was kind of on the company's dime, but also on the company's time. So taking meetings and making sure that my time was being used as much in the benefit of the business as possible. And that is very different now that I go to a conference. And this is probably something we'll talk about a little bit later, I I suspect.
0: Yes. um, I would say my experience was sort of, you know, strange on one end, I was just as much a fan of the creators. So I wanted to, you know, there's a couple of creators that were there that are actually my friends And I wanted to hang out with them. And then they're super busy. This is work for them. So we couldn't really hang out too much. I found I got a lot of value from it because of the networking the people. I got to meet you. I got to meet Daryl Eves very quickly, you know, introduced myself. I wasn't a person. I have never been a person to go to put myself out there. This is why, you know, uh, we've had that discussion of like, why I don't have a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm much more of a behind the scenes type of person. So, you know, it was just really, really great to sort of network on that level. I definitely got more out of it from the creator track and industry track. Uh, Oh, sorry. Which one's the the public one? The public one is the community track. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. At all costs in terms of people like us avoid the community track (laughs) it is not meant for you it is meant for the fans and you will be overwhelmed by the insanity
1: having said that i do i do think it is important to go and see it just to see the power of these creators because you see firsthand you see people on a video and you see the view counts but you don't really see the effect that has on real person in the real world but when you see hordes of teenage girls out trying to ambush someone and crying because they've seen their favorite creator and just screams and all sorts you just see what a massive effect these these creators actually have in the real world on real people the anecdote that i always like to tell is that um because i was a speaker i was staying in the hotel which is kind of joint to the convention center and this is before for better or worse, probably for worse, this is before security got really tightened up around creators and you could come and go from the hotel, whether you were a guest or not, there was maybe three or four young females under 15 that instead of going and enjoying the convention were pretty much camped out in the elevator all day waiting for a creator to get on the lift. (laughs) It was just crazy. You know, I'd get in the elevator and the look of disappointment on their faces was, uh, was was very, very clear that I wasn't a famous creator.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean it in that way. I meant in the fact of like, you know, obviously you can't avoid the community craziness, right? You know, looking at it from a distance, you know, after one or two experiences, I'm like, okay, that's not my scene. I'm not going to run after anybody. <laughs> but uh, I agree. You do have to witness this to realize the power of it. I would say my greatest experience, I guess, would be being able to sneak into the YouTube party (laughs) the one time I went and just having conversations with creators that I knew, creators that I admired. And they were all there just having a great conversation and and drinks. And, you know, the YouTube party is like the biggest party of VidCon. You know, at the end of the day, like that's that's all the, the fluff of yeah. the conference, you know, we're more interested in the meat and potatoes, the stuff that we learn from it, the networking that we do from it. So we have experience, you know, you have multiple experiences at Anaheim. I had one and you've just been back from VidCon London. What's the difference?
1: Oh yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a massive difference between VidCon Europe, VidCon Anaheim, and then pretty much any other video conference as well it's just a scale I think the total amount of people each day at Anaheim is probably about twenty six twenty seven thousand whereas in you know Amsterdam you were probably looking at maybe a couple of thousand maybe a bit more the first year that they had the community track they got rid of that in the second year of Anaheim uh, the second year of Amsterdam I believe and which I spoke at last year, and which was really small and intimate, but really cool actually. And then London again, and they brought back the community track, so a lot bigger than Amsterdam. And I think a, definitely a good business choice to move that from Amsterdam to London, which I would say is probably the YouTube capital of Europe, but still nowhere near in terms of the size and scale. Also probably – without wanting to disrespect anyone, uh, any creators that were there in London, and we had like Ret and Link and and a few other names, I don't think they probably had the same level or at least volume of kind of big name creators that they would have at the flagship
0: Anaheim event. Yeah, I mean, Anaheim is what, 10 years going at this point, at least?
1: Yeah, probably something like that, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, first year conferences, as somebody who again I'm not I'm no expert in terms of conferences but I've also worked I've had clients that had conferences ran conferences and from what I've seen and this is just anecdotal experience is that the native you know location the one where you've done it for five 10 15 years will always be the the top line area and then you know they always try to sort of expand to new cities but That expansion is not overnight. It takes another few years. Just for Laughs is a great example for my job is Just for Laughs is huge in Montreal. During the summer, there's a two-week festival dedicated for Just for Laughs. Wow. The streets are closed. It's uh, some of the top comedians in the world come to the city. It's all about comedy, right? It's not, we're not talking about the the gags here. We're talking about stand-up comedy, theater comedy, everything's going around in the city. But for many years, they've tried to expand it beyond it. And even here in Toronto, Toronto has a Just for Last festival, and it pales in comparison to Montreal. And we're in the same country, right? Yeah. I just had a coffee with my ex-colleague at Just for Laughs this past week, and he's talking about how like resources are, are like zero to nilch compared to Montreal. Toronto is a city that is two to three times bigger than Montreal, where I'm from. There's a lot more money. There's a lot more things happening. There's a lot more culture around comedy. But for some reason, Just for Laughs does not break out the same way it does in Montreal because of its native city. So I would think like VidCon will take some time if it continues to do things outside of Anaheim. Do you think it's changed since Viacom bought it? Because um, th- this, just to give you a history, like for those who don't know what VidCon is, it was founded 10 years ago by the Green Brothers, which are... Very famous uh, YouTubers, content creators, writers, I think a little bit over a year ago, Viacom bought it.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, it's still the same people running it. So Jim Lauderback is still running the show does such an excellent job in terms of the industry track. It's our good friend, Mark Robertson, that's still pretty much taking the lead on that. So it's still the same people, still the same ethos. The biggest change that I've seen so far really, and have in mind that I didn't go to Anaheim since it's changed over to Viacom is that it moved from Amsterdam to London. And I think that's a major strategic change. And I think it's a really smart change. I'm not sure of the original reasons, but I think it was more about fairness of travel for people in Europe and how central Amsterdam is. Maybe there was some element of not wanting to step on summer in the city's toes, and summer in the city is another YouTube celebration, summit, festival, whatever you want to call it, based in exactly the same venue in London, the Excel Centre. But then a company like Viacom, who are probably going to run it more as a business rather than running worrying too much about hurting creators' feelings about who travels from where, they've moved it to London, which makes perfect sense. Most of the big companies that have some YouTube presence have a presence in London. The biggest creators in Europe, based in the UK, and they get exported further and wider than other European non-English speaking YouTubers or creators. And I think it makes real sense to be in London. It makes commercial sense. And that's the biggest change. And really it should have been in London from the start. I think they've probably lost a bit of momentum going over to Amsterdam and then having to then lose some of that momentum of, like you said, they're going to take time to find their feet, iron out the bugs, make changes to... Uh, logistics and settings and down to little things like where do you serve lunch and how big is the the networking land stuff like that yeah so they've probably missed out on a bit of that that kind of head start that they would have had
0: very true i think um i'm, I'm not so sure the model of changing conference from location to location is is great many sort of public conferences right i've heard of like huge industry conferences that every year go to a different place in the world but there are huge industry conferences you know the difference over there is the audience can afford to travel wherever they go and it's expensed where you know vitcon is a public event for the most part and you know the creator or a fan can't just go oh i want to go to vitcon amsterdam tomorrow or i want to go to london tomorrow or i want to go to yeah. you know think tomorrow so Again, this is sort of anecdotally from conferences, clients that I've seen sort of expand is that there's sort of like a DNA of a conference from its original location that can't always be brought to its new location. And it it needs to adapt to the audiences over there, right? The way people think, the way, you know, the creators are, the way the businesses are. So I think that it's never going to be an overnight success. Uh, Other comment that I wanted to say is that I totally fangirl over Jim (laughs) Lauderback. Me and him go way back, even though I've hardly spoken to him. But I would say, you know, close to 10 years ago when I was shopping around uh, Just for Laughs with MCNs, like I was talking to him at Revision 3. I remember seeing him in podcasts. Uh, He used to be on this podcast network that I really love called the Twit Podcast Network. Uh, He would be on with uh, Leo Laporte. And uh, totally respected his vision, the way he approached things. And about, I would say, two years ago, he was in Toronto for his conference called Influence This, and I was lucky enough to go. And he was right there. And I said, "Hey, how's it going?" And I introduced myself. And I said, "Hey, do you remember Just for Laughs?" And he's like, his eyes lit up, and he he totally remembered me. And it was like really cool to sort of like geek out with him uh, for a few minutes. Anyways, enough name drop.
1: No, he's he's a, he's a great guy and he I think he was also on um James Creech's podcast All Things Video recently and he was speaking about the transition from independent organization over to Viacom and it was really interesting about Viacom's ambitions and Viacom's reasons for wanting to have the conference. So I definitely recommend uh, people listen to that and we'll we'll link up to that Great. in the show notes.
0: I, I've mentioned it before, but like you can say to yourself in terms of like anybody that wants to go to VidCon from our perspective, not from obviously the the community perspective, from people like us who manage big YouTube channels, what they should plan or do when they go to VidCon.
1: Yeah, so for me, the, the value is not so much in the talks, you know, without being big headed, there's not much that... The likes of me and you can be taught from a tactical level. Although having said that, I saw a really good talk this year from somebody called Justin Briggs, I believe his name is. Apologies if I got that wrong. Really interesting um, kind of SEO based angle from like a traditional Google SEO about how to rank YouTube videos in Google, really, really interested. And I caught up with him afterwards. That was really great. But generally, I find myself going to less and less of the talks. And I think the real value is in the hallways, what I like to call the hallway track. So <laughs> m- meeting people for lunch, for dinner, in the industry lounge. You know, when I first went to VidCon, I would sit in the corner and pretend to be working or pretend to be on my phone and hope not to be too awkward whereas now i'm kind of like a real awkward networker and if you're anywhere in the vicinity of me and look like you're alone i will approach you and ask you what you're doing here and how you you know and i find that i meet so many interesting people that way by just um getting out of your comfort zone saying hello to people but yeah the the real value is is in the networking you know whether it's vidcon or vid summit wherever it is Really kind of serendipitous things can happen when you, when you're talking to people and building these relationships. If it's not with the person you're speaking to directly, it might be that they introduce you to somebody that goes on to make something really valuable in the future or you, you know, in terms of like now on the other side, finding clients, it's uh, pretty invaluable to just be spending your time networking rather than sitting and pretending to take notes in, in talks or flicking through Twitter or whatever it may be. Would you say that's a fair point from your perspective?
0: Totally fair point. I think one of the, the biggest missteps or missed opportunities when it comes to conferences is organizing or having much more of a structure to help people network better. You know, many conferences, and I think even VidCon does, they, you know, I remember South by Southwest does the same as, you know, you create your online profile on their website and people connect with you and all that sort of stuff. And that feels so forced. Uh, on that level of things. One of the best examples I saw, uh, I've seen, or I've experienced is a conference in Montreal called C2. They partnered with a startup and they created what we call brain dates, is where you would set up a time and meet up with people you want to meet up with. You just look them up on, on the website and say, hey, let's meet for a quick brain date. You know, everybody's in line and we just have a coffee, we sit down, we talk about what, what we do, and you know we just introduce ourselves. And I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do, but I do feel like sometimes you know, we focus too much on, on the talks where the hallways are where things happen. And it's exactly the same, same situation when I went to VidCon. Yes, I loved going to the talks because it was my first time, but I had the most value in the hallways. Same thing when me and Tara went to Summit two years ago. We didn't really learn much from the talks, but we met with a lot of people outside. We had like an awesome drinks with uh, the founder of Social Blue Book, Chad, and, you know, just talked about the history of of where he's been. And I'm hoping to have him on a podcast one day. And we met other creators, you know, so we just rebuilt that connection and got back in touch with people that, you know, we hadn't seen or only connected online, you know, if you have Twitter and stuff like that. So definitely, I think when it comes to all conferences, when you know you're, your business, when you know what to do, you're not really there to learn. You're there to network.
1: Yeah, I think as well, the big difference is if you go there as a representative of another company, like I did when I worked at the BBC, you know, they've paid to fly you to LA, which is not cheap from the UK. They've paid for an expensive ticket. Again, industry tickets are not cheap. And so I think there's an expectation that you will come back you will have soaked up as much information as possible to share with the rest of the team so you're expected to attend as many talks as possible take notes do a debrief you know i've done that a number of times come back from anaheim this is what i learned in this talk this is the new trend this is what everyone's talking about tiktok or whatever they're not talking about um you know take photos so we know what are the differences on the, the kind of shop floor that kind of thing but really i don't think that's where the value is for a company if someone was to send me to a company now i'd say i'm not going to come back with a debrief of you know who was exhibiting down in the on the showroom floor i'm going to come back with five contacts that i think can make a dent in our business or you know we can partner with something like that we can collab with and i think it's really different now that i'm going as a representative of myself that it's a totally different experience i don't feel the pressure to see the talks you know, this time I made sure to see Gavin McGarry's talk. I think he's a bit of a rock star and usually he is the, the highlight of of, of many uh, uh, video industry, you know, speakers. I made sure to see that. I saw a couple of others, but generally I made a decision to either plot up in the industry lounge and kind of make myself look open to be accosted by strangers or accosting strangers myself. Whereas I had friends from the old industry who were going from talk to talk to talk and didn't seem to be really benefiting it from that much. But then they'd say, Oh, I went to the boat party last night and I met all these great, amazing people. And it's like, well, that's what the rest of the conference is like if you're not sat in all of the talks. But mm-hmm. as I say, I, I can understand the pressures that they feel from the company. Another massive difference I'd say as well is attending a conference as a speaker compared to being an attendee. Obviously, you've got a talk to deal with the worries that come with that. You've got to remember your slides and your words and your jokes. Um, But also, it means that you're much more likely to be accosted. You're much more likely for people to come up to you and say, Oh, I loved your talk, or I've got a question about your talk. And you're certainly more likely to find business from it. So, really, now I'm probably, you know, most of the events that I go to, if I'm not a speaker, I'm probably not going that's pretty much that's pretty much my outlook on at least video video industry conferences
0: yeah i would agree uh, i'm sort of in the same boat as well because there's no conference out there that's going to really educate me uh, more than i already know um you know there's definitely a little bit of fomo when i uh see everybody there and you know i was looking at you know your posts and your tweets and all that sort of stuff but at the end of the day like if you know, I don't really learn from it. It's it's more of a waste of time. Like I said, we sort of discussed the opportunity of me going there, but at the same time, like it's it's, it's a cost. It's a, it's time away from the office. It's all this sort of stuff. And when you're running your own business, that means a lot. Now we've talked a lot about VidCon, but we should talk about you know what other conferences out there that is on our radar we're paying attention to but maybe not really going to. Should we go? Blah 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 blah. One that I've gone to and at the time you know I appreciated it much more than VidCon personally was Vid Summit was leaves conference Vid Summit just because it felt like it was way more advanced in terms of it was way more focused on people managing YouTube channels and setting things up. I'm not saying I got a lot out of it, but it definitely felt like a little bit more in line with everybody in terms of people that were there to build a business, to do something beyond just becoming famous on YouTube. The speakers were much more advanced and less about the fluff, less about the fandom, more about the business of it. I had a great experience uh, going there a couple of years ago. Yeah,
1: for me, it was uh, genuinely like a game changer for my business. Like I was the first speaker on the first day, 8am. I thought no one was going to turn up. It was a packed house. It went down really, really well. The audience were really engaged. It seemed like everyone was talking about it and I couldn't move after that for being stopped. People asking me about my talk and asking about my services people telling me that they wish they'd gone to my talk instead of other talks. Um, so I think even if I'd wanted to go to some of the other talks, I just, I was, I just couldn't move. I couldn't get to the next talk. So I only went to very, very few. I went to see Gary Vaynerchuk just really more for the spectacle of it rather than uh, what we're going to learn. Cause you know, I listen to his podcast and stuff. So there's not much new that he says generally. And Pat Flynn, cause he's an absolute hero of mine, but I have watched a few of the other talks Since I have got back on the replays, I've got to say, you're right. There's so much more advanced than most really actionable tips. I'll shout out, sorry, one more talk that I did see was from my good friend, Kristen Hills, who did a spectacular presentation on on the main stage about getting views on YouTube from social media, really tactical talks a lot about Pinterest and Pinterest groups and stuff like that. Really, really good. But yeah, a lot more tactical advice. And I think what's really interesting is that it's billed as like a pitch free seminar. You know, a lot of talks at conferences is just really a big advert for somebody's services or somebody's app or somebody's software. Yeah. But here it's genuinely, I'm going to come here. I'm going to tell you all of my secrets and then come and speak to me afterwards and I'll give you even more secrets. And the audience are like super professional as well. They're all really hungry. You know, they've had to pay for a good heavy price for the ticket. You know, it's not full of like screaming fangirls, you know, a really well-attended conference as well. Very big, very busy, really good space. Honestly, can't recommend it highly enough if you are a creator Industry wise, in terms of, you know, big media companies, I think they should probably send their teams there, not necessarily like the execs. But if you send the people running YouTube channels, Facebook pages, Instagram accounts, if you send those people to a conference like VidSummit, it's going to really, really help your business.
0: Very true. Very true there's a bunch of other conferences that i'll just mention but i won't exactly might personally recommend people again pros and talent managers go to stuff like playlist live even locally in toronto i don't know where playlist live even happens uh, florida, I believe. florida yes you're right playlist live is more of a concert than anything else from what it looks like i've never been but it's much more like exclusively the community track The Buffer Festival in Toronto as well. I've been almost every year since it's come. It started off great. It was, you know, it had these industry events uh, over a few years, but it's, it's gotten away from that and it's become much more of a Hollywood wannabe conference than anything else you know it's trying to be about you know short films and and content which is not a bad thing it's just not really in line with what we're we're trying to do we're trying to learn so there's no real learnings coming from it it's just like you said there's a lot of like self promotional people there and you know i went last year to a talk that i thought was going to be great only to realize that it was like some pardon my french gary v wannabe guy that managed a creator and had a sit down conversation with the creator and it was totally self-promotional and it's like oh yeah it was sort of like oh man why do i need to listen to this person i literally left i left the conference i was like this is this is ridiculous it's pointless but yeah like there one of the things that i want to sort of address here is is branching out of the creator side of things there are tons of conferences out there that are not specific to online creators, but also will help your strategies and help you learn. Social media week is a good one. CVX is a good one. The ones that I want to sort of bring to light that are really outside of the ecosystem when it comes to YouTube is the NAB show, streaming media world, South by Southwest and MAM. out of all of those ones, South by Southwest, the one where I have the most experience, I've been at least three times. It is chaos. You know, 50,000 people in, in Austin, Texas, being able to focus on anything is really tough. But there are some interesting talks there and people outside of the ecosystem. The reason why I bring up these shows is because there are a lot of people that go to these shows that have absolutely no clue how content is being managed on YouTube and often need help. I had a friend reach out to me because he was presenting at the Nam show. He asked me for some YouTube pointers and I gave him really basic stuff. You should do a call to action. You should do thumbnails. You should do upload once a month or once a week or whatever. And like, he was like, this is amazing. I've never heard of these, these strategies. And I'm like, okay, there's obviously a big disconnect there. There are a lot of like people who are creating content, who are managing content who have absolutely no idea how YouTube works. And you can have an edge by going to these conferences and just start talking about what you do. And trust me, people's eyes will bug out. They're like, what? You can do this on YouTube? You can do content ID on YouTube? I had no idea. Can you help me? Blah, 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 blah. That's, I've, I've had clients you know, appear out of that just because of, I've been at, at places where uh, it's not all focused on creators. It's more focused on content distribution or focus in marketing, just the marketing side of things. South by Southwest is very marketing focused. Uh, the world of content content distribution is totally outside of the world of marketing, and they do not know that that's happening outside of it. So I think those are huge opportunities to network and learn what's important for brands that are there and what they're paying attention to. I recently had a, a good win with a big client where... All I did is I took over an old channel that they had, you know, abandoned, and I switched it over to their new brand. You know, they were beyond impressed about that, right? And it's like, you know, this is normal stuff when you manage YouTube channels. It's not really hard from our perspective, but from them, they have no idea. They think it's really complex you know you come out as a hero because they are like you know they're busy doing they they're doing other stuff they're not into your world of management
1: content yeah i think for people like us that are you know in the service the kind of youtube and video services industry this is kind of like the new frontier for us in terms of finding clients and speaking because you've got kind of fertile fertile ground in, w- in which we can talk about things that are not too complex but for the uninitiated would be like mind-blowing stuff like you say so yeah i think this is definitely going to be kind of uh know even for something like social media marketing world which is a huge conference the biggest social media conference in the world i'm not sure how deep the youtube track really goes i've never attended myself but i just think because you are not you're not getting a pure video audience you know i think that you could you know probably easier to strike a chord with with a kind of a a younger hungrier audience
0: yeah, and then again, it's it's one of those things where you know we're so inside our world that we don't realize that the outside world is completely oblivious to what we do, and we need to sort of like you know take ownership of that and show how much we're a pro. Because you and me talking to a YouTuber, a YouTuber's not impressed with what we do, <laughs> you know, like more, for most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like you talk to somebody who you know their job is just to market a brand on on social media or on media campaigns, they have absolutely all they know what to do is to put a video, upload a file on YouTube and then turn it into an ad and then forget about it. That's something that, you know, people are not paying attention to and they need some expertise in that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you some quick fire questions to wrap up this conversation and hopefully guide people that are maybe on the fence about whether to invest or not in uh, going to a conference this year. So, If you were a (laughs) 13-year-old fangirl, which conference would you be going to?
0: You have to go to the best one. You
1: have to go to VidCon. Okay. And if you were a, say, head of video strategy for a a media company, which conference would you go
0: to? Um, I would still go to VidCon, but obviously the industry track. But, you know, I would add VidSummit to that list as well.
1: And. If you were an independent creator, let's say you had 250,000 subs, selling a few
0: t-shirts, doing okay, uh, which conference would you go to? VidSummit, because there are tons of suppliers and people out there to help you build a business that go to VidSummit that can help you support your channel and bring it to another level. One of the things that I want to bring to light is, and I hope to have him on a podcast one day, is Andrew Edwards, who I met at VidSummit when I went. He's a tech YouTuber. He's a little bit like, you know, MKB and Marques Brownlee. He doesn't have a million followers. He has like a couple hundred thousand, but he's doing really well with his, you know, a couple hundred thousand subscribers. He's just networked himself really well. And he was sort of the perfect example of somebody that knows how to create a business uh, beyond just getting views. So yeah, like that's where I would say good summit is as very valuable.
1: And final question of all the conferences that you are aware of, which is a conference that you would go to that you've never been to before? Oh man,
0: I would say the nab show because it's, it's sort of like the in TV industry show. Anybody who works behind the scenes in the TV, like editing and video production and all that sort of stuff. They they go to that NAB show. Everybody talks about the NAB show. And also streaming media, streaming media world. Uh, I've been subscribed to their YouTube channel for many, many years. And it's like so insider baseball stuff of like how content's being distributed, how Netflix algorithm works and all that sort of stuff. That's like really high level talks. They don't really talk much about YouTube, but, you know, if there's one thing, you know, like YouTube is YouTube, but, you know, it's always good to know what, how the traditional people are approaching this world. And I would say streaming media world is almost that marriage of traditional and digital where all the traditional companies are there trying to learn how this streaming ecosystem is evolving trying to build these platforms. I would bet they all want to become their own little YouTube. So if you go there with your YouTube knowledge, they might, pick your brain and talk to you. Really, really interesting
1: choices. So I think that puts a lovely bow on top of our conversation today. We want to hear from you. Um, Tweet us at Video Insiders or email us hello at videoinsiders.fm. What conferences should we be going to? Where would you love to come and say hi to us? We're working on some plans to maybe even do some live episodes from some conferences in the future. So please get in touch.
0: Awesome! This was a fun episode to talk about.
1: Yes. uh, And of course, we cannot go without saying a huge thank you to our sponsors at TubeBuddy, who usually do have presence at places like, VidCon and Vid Summit, you can go and speak to Philip, the guys at the booth. They'll do all sorts of demonstrations and stuff. And remember, if you would like to get a unique discount on a multi-channel license for tube buddy you can do so by visiting www.videoinsiders.fm forward slash tube buddy
0: awesome yeah when you mentioned that i just realized i met phil for the first time at bitcon as well
1: yeah me too me too
0: thanks tom have a great uh, week i think you're traveling this week right
1: i am i'm off to la to film my first course uh, which i mentioned in uh previous episodes so thanks everyone thanks carlos remember to leave us a review in the podcast app of your choice and tell a friend too please awesome have a great week bye